Hello everybody, welcome to episode 71 of Fish and Connor Saw a Movie. My name's David Pether, but you can call me Fish. With me as always is my favourite sack of shit, Connor McDuff! Wow, Connor, you held that really well, because you're feeling a bit under the weather, aren't you? I'm feeling super sick, so if you hear some grotesque coughing, which I'm sure Fish will attempt to cut out, maybe not, depending on how much he likes me. That's why, I feel fucking terrible. But yeah, here we are, another episode, back from our break well and truly into it, and we are reviewing two films for you lovely people. Two reviews, that's how many you get. How many reviews, Fish? Fucking two. Fucking two. So you can all eat some fucking shit. I just burped and yawned at the same time. You can all eat some fucking shit. Or enjoy the two movies that we are going to review. We're finally going to review The Revenant. We promised it last year. We said it was going to be the movie that we would come back in with. Uh, that didn't happen for whatever reason, and then yeah. Hateful Eight was coming out, and it just it just seemed right to review the two at the same time. We've already started our Batman retrospective. You can go back to last episode and check that shit out, but we're not doing Batman this time. We're going to kick it off with a review of the Hateful Eight, Tarantino's new film, and then the much-awaited Revenant review. So let's fucking get into it. All right, Hateful Eight. I shall do the uh, plot synopsis for anyone... Wondering why I just sounded like I was about to go on a rant. <laughs> Hateful Eight follows uh, eight fuckers in a cabin, basically, for three hours. And all eight of them are in there. The Hangman, I forget all the characters' names, which is why this synopsis has started off so bad. <laughs> basically, Kurt Russell yeah. is a bounty hunter who must take all of his prisoners alive for whatever reason so he's taken this person who's worth 10 grand which is a lot of money back back in the uh, wild west days and he's trying to take this girl to red rock red rock so she can hang and she's a horrible murdering gangster and sam jackson's there and fucking a bunch of other people are there and they're all in this cabin and kurt russell starts getting real fucking anxious and he thinks someone's gonna try and uh try and save her or stop her from being taken to Red Rock. Or steal his bounty. And it turned out he was right. Basically, shit goes down, the whole thing is self-contained in this cabin, and four people from that are in the cabin turn out to be evil fucking gangsters that are part of her gang there to save her. And so, Sam Jackson, Kurt Russell, two other fuckers, I can't remember who, they're there to fucking stop him, and it's just this crazy... Who killed who? Who shot who? And uh, it ends with... Um, Kurt Russell dies like halfway through. Fucking violently. He starts throwing up blood everywhere because it's somebody poisons on. the coffee. It's like a murder mystery, basically, the whole film. And it ends with Sam Jackson basically just fucking blowing people up. He's like, fuck all of you. And he just starts shooting people. <laughs> Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum's in the basement the whole time. Yeah. Shoots Sam Jackson in the dick. And then comes out. Turns out he's the brother of... The, the girl, yeah. and then Sam Jackson blows his head off, and then fucking shoots the rest of them, and then hangs the girl, and then they die. <laughs> they all just die. <laughs> so it's basically Reservoir Dogs with cowboys. I've never seen Reservoir Dogs. Oh ever. what? Yeah. Really? Fuck. Reservoir yeah, Dogs is actually my favorite Tarantino film. Yeah, I've heard many good things. I need to catch up on it. My favorite Tarantino film, by the way, that's the only one I haven't seen. My favorite yeah. Tarantino film is um, Inglorious Bastards. Oh, really? I thought it was Django. No, no. Was that, See, that withered over time? I just, yeah. I kind of like, when I first saw Django, I think Django was like 
Django and Kill Bill were the first ones I ever saw, the first Tarantino films, but I was too young to enjoy Kill Bill. When I saw yeah. Django, I was like, this is fucking mind-blowing, this film. Yeah. Um, because I, I do, I remember like when we first met, I think we were having, yeah. we were like, what's your favorite movie as movie boss will talk about. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that Django came up in that conversation. And I remember being like, yeah. what? Django, Django is definitely one of the, you know, a great movie, but like looking back yeah. at it Inglorious Bastards is probably the best I think he's done. Like that's my favorite film. I rewatched it the other day and I was like, man, this film's fucking phenomenal. It's just you know, so that's good. funny because like not saying that it's a bad film by any means, but like I actually am on the other spectrum of it. I think Inglorious Bastards is not like I don't want to say his worst film because it's none of his films are really bad to me. Like I even like Death it's Proof. Just, yeah, it's just his his, his worst film. Hit the basically. lowest on my list of Tarantino yeah. films because I I also tried to go back and watch um, Inglorious Bastards and. I got through the massive scene at the start, which I really enjoy. And then I was like, you know what? That's all I need to watch. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. But I, I was doing other stuff, to be fair. But Reservoir Dogs is one I can always go back to. It's, it's just so memorable to me. I actually hated it when I first saw it because it is very much like this film and it's just a lot of talking. And as you know, when I was younger, I wasn't down for that shit. But as I got a bit older, I, 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 you know, I could really appreciate the tarantino banter so you you, you got to come into a tarantino film expecting a lot of talking that's that's kind of yeah, his thing th- so. this um this film is a lot of banter too there's a lot of talking oh, so much, much banter it's um it's super self-contained like yeah super duper self-contained a lot of his films are but this one i think takes it to a new level i've actually heard a lot of people rag on it as mm. well people aren't really enjoying this sort of style but i i thought it was okay yeah i didn't have a problem with it like i do and i don't i really like i said i really enjoy tarantino's writing and 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 the shit that they they could talk about like you know in pulp fiction they talk about fucking burgers and and what maccas is called in french like that's interesting (laughs) like just the way he does it somebody else could try and do it and it it just wouldn't work but tarantino can and the amount of shit and talking that is going on in this that i this this movie is probably that little bit too long like we all know i hate fucking long movies but this i i saw a longer version of this as well because i saw the 70 mil version and i think and by longer i think it was only like seven minutes longer or something like that but i did get to a point throughout the film where I started to be like, fuck, actually nothing's really happening. There's just a lot of talking. Like, what? where are we going with this? But I I don't know if there was ever a time that I got bored. Yeah, I see. My big issue with this film is actually the length. I think this film is like too long. I think they're exactly like this is on the same note. It's a lot, a lot of dialogue. It's in the same location. And I think, I think it got to a point for me in the first half where they were in the cabin and I was like, there's, why the fuck are they, like, there's too fucking much, like, there's too much conversation. I did start to think, like, they are going to leave this fucking cabin, right? They're going to go somewhere else. Yeah. The most astounding thing to me is, you know, he went and shot it on 70 millimeter, which is something that can really show off, like, really pretty landscapes and, like, it's this visual fucking feast and then set it all in a cabin. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, watching it in seven this is a this is the first seventy mil film I've ever seen and it is really cool. It's just a much wider um screen. But at in the yeah. start when they're, you know, in the carriage 
on their way to the haberdashery, it's fucking breathtaking. Like, it is beautiful. The shots are just astounding. Like, so, so good. And then they get into the cabin, and, like, it's a nice cabin, but it's not what I went there to see, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it didn't really stand out for you in the cabin? Like, it didn't look... Like in the 70 mil style? Yeah. No, no. It was... it. it it just—it's just a bunch of guys talking, like with some yeah. some brown walls in the background, like. Yeah, I get you. I yeah. can see why that'd be an issue. I know he like made a thing about that, and he was like, a lot of people think seventy mils just should just be for like big, pretty shots of landscapes. Well, it's not true. It makes everything great. And all I could think is, I'm like, that's a lot of money you're spending on something that would probably look just as good on digital. Yeah. Like to be quite fucking honest, in IMAX. It really, it really um, could have, and and it's. It's kind of a little bit of a drop ball, but I do kind of get what he's saying, and I and I appreciate what he's saying because I can respect it. I just mean, but doesn't mean he's right. Like no, like I'm like you know, I, like a movie can look pretty and great, but as if if it doesn't have interesting characters and the story, like we always talk about, it doesn't fucking matter. Whereas I think there's enough interesting characters and you know i guess a story <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's made out of all this fucking dialogue um so i i mean like it I goes understand. from like it goes from like a story about a guy who has severe paranoia that someone's trying to kill the person he's he's trying to hang to like an actual fun film it takes about 90 minutes for the film to kick off i feel oh you um, think so well, you didn't like, you didn't think it was fun I when th- he was like being paranoid? No, no, no. I just feel like I was waiting for I was we were all obviously waiting for something to actually happen. Like we all knew something was going to happen. Yeah, it's no, film, you're right. It's a Tarantino film, but I'm like this is a 3-hour film. Yeah. And I know Tarantino likes making long films and I love Tarantino. I adore Django, which is also about 3 hours, but this is this film is literally all set in a cabin. I literally I just spent 45 minutes watching Kurt Russell, some crazy face looking fucker, Sam Jackson and that girl in a carriage. They get to the cabin and then I spend another 40 minutes listening was to just like, just like basic conversation. Was it 45 minutes before they got there? I felt it like was it was a long like time. really short and then was, the rest of it was in the, I know in that, the cabin. I know that um, when, by the time Sam Jackson kills the Confederate, that it's 90 minutes in. Okay. That's yeah, what I right. can tell you. It's an hour and a half in at that point. It gets... it Like, don't get me wrong. It's still entertaining mm. to watch. But, I mean, it's nowhere near as entertaining as what is actually happening. Like, the actual plot and when things start to unfold. I just wish Tarantino sort of cut out, you know, 20 minutes yeah, or no, so right. of that, that dialogue yeah. in the cabin. Because it's all just set up for later. But, I mean, realistically... Not all of it is that But to relevant. be honest, on that note, I found, like, I was still waiting for something to happen at the end of the film. Like, I was waiting for that big twist. Like, it felt like it was really building up oh, to something you? huge. And then for it to just fade out on these two guys dying on a bed. I, I was actually kind of disappointed in that. Yeah. Like, I felt like... I felt like... I See, I kind of liked it. Oh, you did? I just liked it because of the act before, where they show you the gang coming yeah. in and just fucking massacring that cabin. That, that was cool. Like, but and so, I, I kind of, I kind of 
sort of saw that coming. I don't know. Like, I knew there was there was some double crossery going on, and and like, oh, but like, I don't know. Like, I the way that this movie because it was so dragged out and so like. It's, it's quite intense the whole way because everyone is yeah. hating on each other as the name would uh, suggest and it's I just yeah. felt like there was going to be a big fucking bang at the end of the film basically expected basically expected a Django finale where they're fucking everything goes yeah. off like everything goes and I agree I still think it was good I think it kind of just matches the tone of this one where Django kind of has this sense of surrealism and this one has, like, this one seems to rely a lot on realism, if you know what I mean. Like, there seems to, there's a big difference in kind of the tone. And I, I kind of see, I, I, I don't know, I, I, I like the ending. I actually liked, but, like, my, once, the moment Sam Jackson put the gun down next to the Confederate and started telling him that he got his son suck to his suck his dick... <laughs> I, I was literally like obsessed. Like I just could not stop watching this film. Yeah, it was so fucking glorious mm. to me. That moment where he puts the gun down, I was like, "Oh my fucking god, that is brilliant!" Like I knew what was about to happen, and the piano and everything was just great, and it kept yeah. that pace yeah. and that momentum. But the other thing he does that Tarantino Tarantino does that I don't, I'm not a big fan of, is that. He has an issue establishing, like, important characters. I don't know about you, but I had an issue with, um, what's his name? That he was the real mysterious uh, one. Uh, Michael Madsen, Joe Gage. Yeah. I just kind of, and like that, and, um, not the Mexican, the British dude. Yeah, the, um, um Oswald. Oswaldo or whatever, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I just kind of feel like they had... A, they had a very, very strange introduction and had like a very, very strange sort of um, sort of narrative behind them. And then when it turns out that they're bad guys, they just turn back into lackeys, like sort of redundant, not really too important lackeys. Yeah. yeah uh, and I really going. wasn't a fan of that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I, um, I didn't really, really pick up on that. As I was going through, but now when you mentioned it, I, I guess, but I guess this, uh, there's still like he's still the hangman, right? Like I, he's just a part of the gang. The hangman, no, the hangman's Kurt Russell. No, the hangman's not Kurt Russell. The hangman, Kurt Russell's the bounty hunter who's taking the chick to the hangman. Yeah, the British guy. Oh Oswaldo. wait, 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 yeah, yeah, no, 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 he's he's not the actual hangman. No. So, he was he was lying. That was a lie. Oh, he's just talking. Eh, fair enough. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, like it works for the story, so I I don't know. Like he's they got to play the part to 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 reel these people in so they can steal uh, Daisy back. So I I don't know. I I yeah. but I I think no. I, I, when, when you're talking about establishing important characters, I like Sam Jackson's the lead, but then Kurt Russell kind of takes over the story for the first half of the film. And then it sort of comes back yeah. to Samuel L. Jackson. And it, it does get a little bit diluted there in, in who we're following, but it is an ensemble piece, yeah. so... Oh, yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I, I was fine with that. In fact, the Kurt Russell thing I really liked because you didn't expect him to drink yeah. the coffee. Oh, man, when that they were throwing up that coffee, like, that was fucking fuck. crazy. I actually felt really bad for, um, is it OB? Like his little, his, his, OB, his driver. Yeah. 
Like that guy was fucking awesome, and he kept like you know kept having to go outside and call in the door, a fucking whore of a door and shit. And then he just died, and I was like, man. And he's actually not even part of of the hateful eight. He's not one of the eight. He's just yeah. uh, off the. But he was like my favorite character. <laughs> Poor bastard. I loved him. I I just felt like it wasn't that. It was just more the antagonists. Like it was like Joe Gage and this Mulberry guy, like whatever his That's fucking well name is, like. These are two, yeah, these are two characters that I'm just kind of like, oh, they have this cool introduction, but then kind of like, when they're revealed, they're pretty disappointing. Yeah, I guess so. I, they're kind of just I didn't there. particularly have, like, two, because I didn't really pick up on it, so I don't, I, if I watch yeah. it again, I might, but um, I just really like Michael Madsen. I think he is a completely underrated actor, and I love that Tarantino continues to use him. Like, he is, he's in Reservoir Dogs, and he's, like, the best in Reservoir Dogs. He's just such a cool cat. He's like, he sits there and he does the squint and he's just, you know, he's the, the cowboy in the corner just writing his fucking memoirs or whatever. Um, which now, as you're saying, was probably just all bullshit. So, yeah, it's, which kind of sucks now. Yeah. yeah, I get I get where you're going. Um, but, well, let, let's get, let's quickly talk about, you know, Sam Jackson. Oh, he, Sam Jackson was the fucking pimp. Sam like, Jackson. Oh, this is one of his best performances. I... Actually, I, t- I, I take back what we were talking about last week with, um, you know, the lack of African-Americans in the Oscar race. Yeah. Sam Jackson should be fucking up for this because this is outstanding. He makes this yeah, movie. He, for me, and you know how much I hate long movies and especially movies like where nothing's really happening. Fucking hell. He is just a joy to watch. He is. Especially when he, um, like, starts his fucking... The dick um, sucking. His big rants and shit. <laughs> and he's just like, just talking. Like, mm. oh my God. Oh, and then oh, Kurt man. Russell was really good too. Like just coming in and being that paranoid guy. And I actually really liked the relationship that he sort of developed with the chick. Um, like Daisy. Because like at the start, he's yeah. just fucking beating on her. And it's like really fucked up. Like how much he is just punching her in the face. And like, holy crap. But then... He kind of looks after her <laughs> and they start to like, you know, cause they're chained together and he's like feeding her and they're just like, they almost become like this kind of couple in a way. And then she'll do something to piss him off and he'll, and he'll ruin it all. And, and, you know, then she, you know, eventually kills him basically. But it, it kind of, it was kind of sweet in a fucked up way. And only, yeah, only I Tarantino can do that like that. And maybe Rob Zombie. It's like, there's not many people out there who can make relationships where you feel for people who are so fucked up, you know? <laughs> I, yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was awesome. Kurt Russell was really, yeah, really good. In I loved his paranoia and how he was worried about what was going yeah. on. My favorite bit, though, is still her spitting on the Abraham Lincoln letter oh, that Sam Jackson's God. holding and Sam Jackson just fucking belting her out yeah. of the carriage. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> oh, my so God. I love so it. Funny. It's, it's funny, this movie, it's like... It's one of the only movies where it's okay for this shit to be going on. Like, how many racial slurs, how many times is the N-word dropped? How many times is she called a fucking bitch, a slut, a, you know, whatever. Like, sexist racial slurs all over the place. And it's, you know, it's, it's a thing of the times, so they can kind of, like, it's, like, not okay, but it, it fits. So it's like, but it does yeah. make, like... I don't know about you, but I, I started feeling like a bit like, oh, fuck, man, this is, I feel dirty watching this. But like, it was, I don't know, there was something about it that 
that really worked. I kind of just assumed it was going to happen because it's a Tarantino film with an African-American in it. So I was like, okay, well, obviously someone's calling someone a derogatory mm. term at some point. Like, I was not shocked. But it's just throughout the whole film. Like, it is... Man, I'd like to see how many yeah. times it's dropped. And and I actually did start to get over, especially in the last probably 20 minutes of the film, like, everybody just keeps calling Daisy a bitch. And, like, it was kind of, like, yeah, effective when it first was said, but then it kind of dilutes down a little bit, and I was kind of like, okay, like, I get it. She's a bitch. <laughs> that was the only thing for me, though. Uh, but Daisy, yeah, that chick... Is fantastic. I haven't, I haven't, I don't think I've seen her in anything before. Apparently, she's from Weeds. I, I don't know. Jennifer Jason Lee. I haven't seen her in anything. I'm glad she's up for an Oscar. I'm glad that somebody got up for something in this because these, these are good performances. Yeah. These are really good performances. They were. Everyone was really good. I was really impressed. I really like the other dude, the other nice guy that's in it, who you think is initially a creep just because he looks like one. I forget his name. He's the the. The sheriff of Red Rock. Oh yeah. Um, is it? Um, what's his name? Sam Walton. Max or something. Walton Goggins. Is that it? Yeah, Walton Goggins. Yeah, he's good. I like when he he gets all excited when he like, you know, figures out who who was the killer or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I fucking knew it. Yeah, he's he's really good, and I like how him and Sam become tight even though they hated each other to start. It, it, it happens a lot. There's so much conflict and then allegiances are formed and and I, I like that. But yeah. I will say there's one thing that kind of annoyed me. You know, when Sam Jackson's going on his big rant talking to the old dude, you look in the background and the other guys are just standing around. Everybody just listens to everyone's yeah. conversations and that's not a movie thing. That's something you can do on stage. <laughs> But yeah, well, I mean, like, I think that was the point. Like, I think Tarantino tried to do that intentionally is have all these characters just kind of, it, it felt like a stage play. Well, I was just going to say, because this originally started, this was only, this was like a read through. They, they had this script and they were never going to make this film. And they actually booked out like some theater. Um, actually, some friends of mine went to it, which I'm really jealous about. But all these actors, I, I think it was all, all the actors that were potentially going to play. They all sat around and read did a read through of the script on stage. And like, this is one of the only films that I would like to see like that because it is just a talking thing and they need to make this into a stage play. This will be fucking fantastic as a stage play, but that doesn't make it okay to make it a stage play on screen. I I need there There needs to be a reason why the other people they they got to be doing something else. Like I really liked it when Sam Jackson and the Mexican and and other people were outside in the stables, and you know then something else was going on inside. But I think they really shot themselves in the foot with this this cabin because it's just one big room. They could have at least had separate rooms where people could be talking, having conversations, other rooms while yeah. other ones are going on. Because to me, it just became unbelievable. Yeah, I agree. There was a there was this feeling of like. Why on earth are all these people just sitting around when yeah, this is happening? That's it. But yeah, no, I, I still, still, within saying that, that Sam Jackson part with the, the old guy. Oh, it was fantastic, but you know, I was just glorious. talking about you, And it's not just that part. Every time somebody else is talking, everyone's just watching. I'm just like, nah. 
<laughs> fucking yeah but yeah how did you feel uh, so you didn't like the ending either did you like i didn't hate the ending i just expected more yeah i love no, i, I love 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 when <laughs> when samuel L. jackson gets his nuts blown off and he starts calling <laughs> channing tatum all oh, those fucking fuck names like what's he calling like a sack whacker or something like that and i was just like that is awesome i love that he fucking blows up change Tatum's yeah head as well oh, so good and she loses so it she's just like screaming covered in all the blood and shit ah oh, so good i'm pretty much done what about you yeah i'm finished look i think i think this film was great i had a really great time watching it i thought it was great fun it just Tarantino knows how to make movies. He knows how to make good, fun, entertaining movies. And the cast was stellar, and it was like just full on, and it was just different and fun to watch. And yeah, the only issue I had with it was its length. It shouldn't have been that long. Other than that, I can't really fault it to a point where I'm genuinely upset with it. Um, so I give it uh, I give it four out of five. Very generous. I like it. Well, listen, I can understand why people aren't getting behind this as much um, because it is just a bunch of talking. Even in Death Proof, which was a talky film as well, there was a fucking sick, like, car crash scene and lots of death and awesome and, like, hot chicks. It was it had, it had things to distract you <laughs> eventually. This one is pretty much a bunch of dudes standing around, talking shit, figuring out who's the killer, fucking going on. And... It is. It's a stage play. And that is a problem to a certain extent, but Tarantino's a great director. He knows how to do dialogue, so it, it works. And he has a stellar cast who can keep your attention. And I will say I also came into this movie like super hyped because I probably won't watch this again anytime soon. Because I, I don't think I will... Oh, yeah, I don't think I could. Like, I, I don't want to sit through three hours of talking again. I know where it goes. But for that for one that one um, run-through, it worked. I, you know, I went to the Astor Theatre down here. I went to the 70 mil thing. It was a, it was a big event. Like, they gave out... There was, it was almost like going to see a stage show. They, they were giving out friggin' programs that had all information about the 70 mil and, and the actors and, and whatever and, and why Tarantino made this movie. There was like an overture at the start where they just played a bunch of the music from, from um, oh, I can't remember his name, but the guy did the, um, uh, the Good, the Bad and the Ugly, all the old spaghetti westerns. Oh, the fucking score was this so is, this good. Is one of the best. I, I've, I've been listening to the score all week. Like, I love it. I love this music. And... This guy, like, he did some of the best themes of all time. So I, I don't expect anything less. And I hope, I hope, hope, hope that he might get an Oscar for this. But he's up against John Williams as well. So we'll see. That really added to the film. Tarantino did everything he could to make the film that he wanted as well. And, and I really appreciate that. Oh, also, in, in the screening I went to, there was an intermission. <laughs> it was a 20-minute intermission. There was an intermission for you? Yeah. It was, that was cool. It's fucking like it, it was so unnecessary, but like it was, it just added something, you know. So like I kind of got a break in the middle of this this gigantic film, so I, I wasn't as fatigued by the time that I came out of it. But saying that, if I sat there on my couch at home and watched this, I, I probably wouldn't get through it. So there's there's a lot there's a lot of good, but there's a lot of it's not even really bad. It's just it's just not movies like it's stage and yeah. I'd love to see this on stage but for the most part I was 
thoroughly entertained. Sam Jackson brings it home. So 3.5 for me. Very nice. I see that. I saw that coming before I even saw the film, to be honest. <laughs> you, you saw the poster and you're like, yeah, Fish is going to give that a 3.5. I was like, uh, yeah. I was kind of, I just kind of, I kind of knew. I was kind of like, I kind of have a feeling. Yeah. Got an inkling. All right, let's get on to The Revenant. All right. Finally. Look, the Revenant is set in Frontier America. Follows Leonardo DiCaprio and a group of hunters, basically, who hunt elk and whatever other fucking animals, I don't know. Basically, they collect pelts, then they make the money from the pelts, but obviously it's Frontier America, and they're getting swamped by the French and the Native Americans. They're getting all their pelts, and Native Americans come in, they're like, you're not fucking having them. They start killing them and shit. The American guys have to retreat, and then... They basically get the fuck out of there and then they have to travel through the wilderness to get back to their little fort. Leo's the scout and he's like, we need to go this way. Then he gets attacked by a bear and he's like, he can't walk. He's basically like near dead. And Tom Hardy's like, we need to fucking kill him. He's fucking useless. We need to keep moving. And everyone else is like, no, fuck that shit. We'll carry him. And then they give up like halfway through their journey. Like we can't keep carrying Leo. I'll, and then the captain's like, I'll give someone extra money if they look after Leo. Tom Hardy's like, I'll do it. Leo's son is like, I'll do it. And then some random dude from where the Millers with those fucked up eyebrows is like, I'll do it. <laughs> and then Tom Hardy's just like, well, I'm a fucking crazy bitch. And then he tries to kill Leonardo DiCaprio. And then his son tries to stop him. Then Tom Hardy kills his son. And then eyebrows doesn't know what's going on. So they fuck off back to the fort. His son's dead. And then the whole movie's Leo getting back to civilization and then trying to kill Tom Hardy. Yeah. Well, Alejandro Gonzalez Inaretu. Yeah. Or however you say his name. Blew my fucking mind with Birdman. Yeah. Love Birdman. It's still the fucking shit. one of the best movies of last year, easily. Love it or hate it. it, it was a fantastic film. So I was very excited to come into this one. It looked really pretty. It's all this talk of natural light. They like they don't use. I don't think they use the light at all. Do that. I'm fairly sure it's all natural. Yeah. It's finally got the two. There's two actors that I will see everything they are in, and that's Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hardy. And by fuck, they're in the same film. By fuck. Wow. So I was hyped. I was excited as fuck for this film. Uh, how about you? Yeah, I've been keen for ages. Yeah. I just thought it looked awesome. It had all the good bits. So I was really, really excited to kind of go into it and and enjoy it. Yeah. And yeah, I think Leo did a great job. Yeah. I think he was fantastic in it. All right, well, let's get to um, Leo and the performances. But let's talk about one of the obvious, the most obvious things about this film. And it's it's the way it's shot, the use of natural light, cinematography. Yeah. Where are you standing on that? Uh, I thought it was gorge. I loved it. I thought it was really, really pretty. Obviously... What's his name? Emmanuel Lebetsky, is that his name? Yeah, the guy who's winning, like, every fucking cinematography Oscar. <laughs> Ever. Yeah, he um, did the same thing he did for Birdman, basically. It was all very wide, and it was all, like, he did lots of long takes, lots of... It wasn't all one shot this time, which I'm thankful for, because mm. that would be fucking annoying. But yeah. it was all very long, long, long-winded, long shots, um, and it was fucking gorgeous. I thought it was very, very pretty. I thought the natural lighting looked awesome as well. Mm. Um, I know for a fact that this film went millions of dollars over budget because of because of him though, and because of what he was determined to get. Oh, um, really? Yeah, yeah. They went. They were way over. 
because they were so demanding with what they wanted. But yeah, I thought it looked gorgeous. What about you? Look, I do. I, I, I think it looks very pretty, um, especially that opening scene that's, you know, on Twilight. The sun's going down in the yeah. background. It's fucking incredible. It just looks really, really pretty. I was digging the wide angle to start with. I, I welcomed the long takes because of my my deep, deep love of Birdman. But then I kind of got over it. I started to get kind of bored with it, to be honest. I wanted to see a longer a longer lens. <laughs> I needed to see something different. It was all the same shot over and over. Let's just put the ca- let's put the camera right up against Leo's face, distort it. Okay, we've seen that. Let's do something different. I I think the long takes didn't work nearly as well in this film as they did for Birdman, because Birdman I never felt slow to me. It was always going. It, it was the same. It was the same style, but because it was like they would they would finish one little story of somebody and then somebody else would walk onto screen and, and we're straight into it again. Whereas this one, we're just really following Leo for most of the movie. And yeah. I just, it just didn't quite work as well as I wanted it to. It slowed things down a lot, actually, for me. I felt like the middle of this film just just dips in... in see, in- I... Yeah. I See, look, I think without a doubt that this film I, I definitely think this film is gorgeous like I feel like this film should win best cinematography if not this Sicario or Mad Max in fact any of the three I'd be super happy with yeah. I definitely think this film is gorgeous I was never not like wow that shot doesn't I, I always thought every shot looked gorgeous but and this is something I want to get into the length of this film is too fucking long this film's too long it's too much. It is. It really it's, is. I'm glad it, that you think that way as well, because I, I thought I, I was going to be a bad person. <laughs> I just... No, it's, it's a very long film. It's a three-hour film about a man struggling in nature. And I know a lot of it's relevant, and it's a really beautiful film, but in all honesty, it's still a movie. Let's move it along. And yeah. it's one take for a lot of it. It's one shot. And there are some moments where it works so well and other moments I'm just like, like, you know, when he's like tearing apart. No, it wasn't the horse. There was just, there was a couple of moments where it was purely boring. Like it was pure, like, okay, I get what he's doing. And then the outcome is exactly what I thought it was. Like he gets where he needs to be. Mm. And I'm like, what's the point of showing me this? Like, why can you not just cut that in half, cut the time in half and then just get on with it. I don't fucking need to see that as much. Yeah. And it's all about Leo struggling. Yeah, I get that, but... No, I'm totally there with you. And it, to be honest, it's it's when the actual plot of the film kicks off, when he gets left behind, that it slows. That's yeah. like, because we are just with Leo. He can't talk, you know, and he's, and he's, he's doing really well with this, you know, not being able to talk in performance-wise. But... I can only watch somebody struggle for so long. Like I, I don't, I don't like watching sick characters too long. I don't like when they're they're on the edge of death. Like I start to feel lethargic, like they are, and yeah, I I, I really started to feel like because it's often it only happens very very rarely that I'm super super hyped for a film, and then I get into it and there's a point where I'm like, hold on, I'm not actually I'm not happy right now. What's going on? And I'm not going to put this in the same boat as this film, but Prometheus, <laughs> I remember getting through that and being like, hold on, I don't actually like this. About 10 minutes after he gets left behind, I started to be like, 
what's happening? Like, are we going to see somebody again? Because when things are happening, it is awesome. Like, it is so well done. The directing is fantastic. Fucking the performances are great. And everything's really intense. But I start to lose the tension when I watch a man just crawling through fucking shrubs for nearly an hour. Yeah. So... Yeah. I think I think there was just it just kind of was too much. I I really liked like the struggle and the the plot and watching him try and build himself back up. I just wish it kind of I just wish it wasn't as fucking long. Just kicked along a bit. Yeah. Yeah. There were just so many awesome like a majority of it's fucking fantastic. I it was phenomenal, but there are some moments like when he's fucking crawling on the floor. Yeah. I was just like, "Oh my god." It's a really long shot and it's like you can like you know, it does it does a great thing of making you feel like you're in the in the character's shoes. Like, you yeah. know, if he's dra- dragging himself to a certain point, you can see that point in the in the background. But we got to wait till he gets there, so you feel the frustration of him. But I don't want to be frustrated yeah. when I'm watching a film. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I most of it was really entertaining. There were just like that fucking moment where he's by the water and the yeah, that was great. Native American such, and he just gets in the, and like that shot of him in the water, I was like, that's fucking amazing. Yeah. Like watching him, I was like, that is so, 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 so fucking cool. Um, but then there <laughs> I don't think it was him, that like, cool, but it was pretty I cool. Thought it was, I thought it was so, I don't know what it was about that shot. I just thought it was so cool. Like watching him <laughs> in this water and this camera just follow him like that. And the bear scene, holy fuck, I love that. I don't think you're a big fan of that as I am, but I love that bear sequence. I thought it was awesome. So I, I, yeah, I remember reading an interview with, with Leo about this bear scene and it being like this fantastic thing. And the best thing about that bear scene is the sound design. The sound design in that is incredible. Like You feel like you can hear... I feel like I can feel the bear breathing on me when he's breathing, when it's breathing on him. I just didn't really like the effects of the bear. I didn't think it looked that good. I was actually really kind of taken out by it. And I don't I don't normally really care about that shit, but it, it like when it was fucking him up, I was like, holy shit. Like to start with I was a bit taken, but then as it keeps fucking up, it, it sort of dawned on me how how intense this was. But I was I don't want to say I was disappointed with it, but I wasn't I wasn't like blown away by it. As I think I just went in with way too higher expectations for that scene because of what Leo had been saying about it. He said it was going to change the, you know, change cinema, uh, which I don't think it did. I think Leo, to be honest, thinks he's above cinema. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> think it was fucking something no one's ever seen before, but I definitely think it was. Well, great. it definitely like, it definitely makes it legit that he would be fucked up for the rest of the film like <laughs> you get that you get beat up by a bear like that you're gonna be struggling like it's actually quite impressive that he came back from that how do you feel about um tom hardy oh man tom hardy is my boy and tom hardy is the best thing about this film i agree i think tom hardy was the best in this film he is just incredible in everything he does like i just think he is definitely my favorite actor at the moment i can't see he just can't do wrong. He can be in crappy movies, but he's still good. Like, it's this is in this is crazy good. I'm so glad that he's up for an Oscar for this because I, I had a feeling like everyone's gonna be like, oh Leo, Leo, Leo. It's finally time for Leo. But to be honest, man, I think like not taking anything away from Leo, but I I I think everybody else's characters outside of Leo were more interesting than Hugh Glass. Yeah, I don't know. I think. I think Leo just had a lot more 
he had to kind of get around. Like, his whole character was just him trying to fucking survive. Yeah, but um, because it took so fucking long and it was so, yeah. like, it was drab at times. Like, I just didn't care. Like, I was more interested in the way that Tom Hardy was talking and being a cunt. Tom <laughs> Hardy's just a fucking mental case. I'm surprised he's not up for um, Legend, though, because he did really yeah, well Yeah, I that. know. I, I honestly, yeah, I think Legend should have been an Oscar norm. Why the fuck is he... Why the fuck is Legend not up... Not for Best Picture. I don't give a fuck about that. But why the fuck is he not up for playing the craze? But fucking Matt Damon's Matt up for The Martian! Damon! Yeah, no. That is the only thing <sighs> that makes me mad. Yeah. It's not, oh, <coughs> I wish this person was up. It's, oh, I wish this person was up. But instead, <laughs> Matt Damon for The Martian is up. Let's let's not get into this. We could be here for hours. Fuck! <laughs> I um like I really liked Dom is it Dominal Gleason who seems to be like the flavor of the month at the moment the guy he was in Star Wars I just watched Ex Machina last night he was in that the you know the captain he was really good I really liked oh, him Oh right um, yeah he seems to be in everything yeah I like uh Leo's son like I thought he was cool I I just I don't know I was just so much more interested in everything outside of Leo that and that and that's not a good thing. I, don't, I I shouldn't be feeling like that. I don't know. I disagree. Just because I really liked Leo in it, like I thought Leo was great. Like, so. don't get me wrong, because I like Leo's my boy, and he did a great job, and he's probably going to win an Oscar for this. But yeah, I don't know. I think it, it just comes back to how how it, the length and just watching him, you know, crawl inside fucking carcasses and stuff. As cool as that was, by the time that that was happening, I just didn't care. I didn't care anymore. I just wanted him to get there and fucking fight. Tom Hardy. <laughs> um, Their fight was great, by the way. I really liked yeah, it. Yeah, no, that, that was a great ending and really rough. It felt real, like, that fight. Yeah. Like, it felt, like, very, very real. But, yeah, I, I, I think I'm definitely not on the Alejandro Gonzalez Inaratu train anymore. Like I, like, I was, like, I feel like after Birdman, I was, like, this guy is going to be one of my favorite directors. I do like this film, don't get me wrong, but there's just a few things about this film that just came across a little bit wanky to me. Like, you just talked about how they went way over budget because they did everything the fucking hard way, um, which, you know, when I was reading about it, I was kind of like, man, like, he really cares about being, you know, legit. He wants to do everything legit. He has to go out into the proper wilderness and shoot out there and the, you know... Fucking Leonardo is going to go through hell for this role. Like, Leonardo, I, I read an interview with him as well. Where he was talking about, like, he chose to have his character not have gloves throughout the film. So he was act like his fingers were fucked throughout the film because he chose to do that. Because he's like, that's what this character would do. And hey, that's pretty cool. But you don't have to do that. You know, films, there's a reason that we fake shit. <laughs> You know, yeah, it's like, like yeah. we could have seen this exact same film and not known, like we, we're just supposed to believe that they're, you know, out in these hard things. You don't have to do that to your cast and crew. Like yeah. now thinking about it, I'm like, you piece of shit. You put people through this crap when you could have taken not shortcuts, but done movie magic, which has been working for years and years and make us believe that they're really fucked up. You know, obviously that's that's Leo's method. Like he's, he, I, I, I think he's yeah. a method actor. I don't know, but like that's what he's he did. He's very method. That's what he did to get into that shit, and I appreciate yeah. that. But 
that's Leo's choice. The rest of everybody else, like the, you know, think about the fucking crew. <laughs> like they had to go through this shit as well. And they're putting in long hours as well. So I just get, I just get annoyed at shit like that because it's like, and, and that's all they talk about is how hard this fucking movie was. It's like, what do you, do you want me to you know give you a pat on the back for that? Like you didn't have to do that. Yeah. I don't know. Look, it's that's film though. You know what it's like. It's just a balance of like, why the fuck have you done this? And this is art. I can't believe they did this. Like, stand the test of time. I think that's what The Revenant tried to be. It was this film that stood above all other. I don't know. It's a it's a fine line. I think you need to you need to balance where yeah. it's like. But it, it is where you, when you're, you're talking about art, like this this movie is is very much an art house film. Like it, it's yeah. it's been shot. There's all those stupid fucking you know, um, flashbacks and, and shit with the fucking, you know, he's th- thinking about his, his wife, uh, his ex-wife, the Indian girl in that church and shit. Like, what is this fucking shit? Like, get rid of that and let's just get on with the story. Yeah, yeah, I kind of saw all that stuff and knew you weren't going to enjoy it either. <laughs> None of that tickles your pickle. Like, the ever. only reason that this film does any well is because it has huge actors in it. If this had nobodies... It maybe would have come off because, you know, he directed Birdman and won an Oscar for that. But if this didn't have Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hardy, people would be like, man, it was a really pretty film, but it wouldn't be as mainstream as it is now. Oh, yeah, for sure. No doubt. And I feel like... It's like you're disguising an art house film in a mainstream film, and that pisses me off. <laughs> well, look, I'm finished. I don't have much to say yeah, about it. Yeah, I'm done. Wrap, wrap this shit up. Uh, I had a great time watching it. I thought it was a good... A a good film with great acting and just a phenomenal phenomenal cinematography I do think it's too long it's too fucking long the length is too much it shouldn't have been that long and it's that bothers me a lot how long it is because it it is it just it hurts it uh, yeah just fucking it's fucking annoying it doesn't need to be three hours yeah it's a story about a man struggling I do not need to see him. Just go watch an episode things. of Bear Grylls. Yeah, that that was it was disappointing because there's so many great moments in it. I give it a four out of five as well. Look, I I, I feel like I'm like talking blasphemy because I'm talking so much shit about this film because all I've seen since The Revenant came out is you know on my Facebook wall is people saying how much of a fucking masterpiece this film is and talking yeah. about how great it is. The performances were fucking phenomenal, fucking all that shit. But no, no, it is not a masterpiece. Not even close to a masterpiece. Yeah, it's pretty for a little bit, but then it gets boring. The The natural light to me was impressive. But again, we use fucking lights in film. There's a reason why we use lights. And it's very, it's, it's very cool that that's the way you shot it. But you didn't have to do it that way, <laughs> you know? Like, and I did find that there was... There was times where I just wanted a little bit more contrast and little, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it kind of drabbed it up a bit for me, especially when it started to get boring um, in that after, you know, watching Leo just crawling through bushes. So it, it it's really disappointing because when it's going, this movie is fantastic. All the performances are great. They're not fucking mind-blowing. Tom Hardy's easily the best thing in this thing. Leo is okay. Uh, he was better in Wolf of Wall Street. He was better in a lot of other films that I've seen. But that's not saying he didn't do very well. And I really appreciate the shit that he went through for this role. But again, man, I'm, I, what I'm seeing on the screen is 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 not 
entertaining me as much as other shit that you probably haven't gone through as much crap. So that that's what it comes down to in the end. And I was getting really bored. Like I actually walked out of this film feeling like I was a bad person because I was like, man, I don't know. And what's this shit at the end of the film where he breaks the fourth wall and looks at the camera? Yeah, that was that was weird. See, this is what I mean. Fucking wanky. God damn it, Alejandro. I was with you, boy. I had your back. Yeah. And Birdman is still fantastic. It, it was pacey. It was written perfectly. The performances are incredible. I think the performances in Birdman are better than the performances in this. Only because I cared more about all those characters. In the end of this film, I just didn't care. I didn't care at Bird, all. It's Birdman's, so... a, Birdman's a better film than this is. Good, thank you. I was... I was, I was hoping you would be with me on that one um i actually am gonna go watch birdman again in the next few days because i feel like i need to refresh myself and remember how good that film is i just yeah i was bored i was bored and that's what it comes down to i i shouldn't be bored i was more interested in the hateful eight when it's a bunch of people talking because the characters were so fucking vibrant and interesting the survival story was yeah cool but not as cool as i was hoping it'd be I give it the most average of average scores, 2.5 out of 5. That's fucking low, man. Jesus. Yeah. That's very low. You did not have a good time. Well, no. Well, I, I, I did at points. But overall, if again, I think, I think you're, you've hit the, hit the nail on the head. It should. If they dropped 20 minutes, half an hour, I would have been cool. But I always say that. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. That's our Revenant review. Um... People are probably going to start giving me shit about that one. And Hateful Eight. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this double feature. But next week, we're back on to Batman. We're going to watch a bunch of fucking Batman movies leading up to Batman v Superman in March. And the next one on the list is... Connor, what is it? Uh, fucking Batman f- uh, <laughs> Returns. Batman Returns. Well done. Um, so you. that's that's next week, the next Tim Burton film in the saga. Our our last our last episode's getting a, a fair bit of love, which we really appreciate, guys. And I'm glad that you're liking. Yeah, Jesus Christ. I'm loving that they we you know you guys are on board with us with this this Batman retrospective because it was something we really wanted to do after coming out of the Star Wars thing, and we're really enjoying doing the re- retrospective thing. So. Let's get into more of that next week. But right now, I'm going to go watch Birdman. So, until then. Play the music, fish. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fish and Connoisseur Movie. Fish and Connoisseur Movie does not own any rights to the films The Hateful Eight or The Revenant, their marketing, or their soundtracks. And no infringement is intended. The track La Ultima Diligenza di Red Rock number two is performed by Ennio Morricone. <laughs> <laughs>